of facts to fight off the liberal gaslighting. You can be in the middle of a hurricane. You have sanctuary in the city of Chicago. Or you can be on a calm day. North is still north. You could be in a thunderstorm. Oh, I am angry. We are not going back. Not ever. North is still north. People can yell at you. The hell with the Supreme Court. We will defy them. North is still north. It doesn't change fundamental things. And in this business, right is still right, even if you stand by yourself. We don't get fooled again. No, no. Live across the fruited plain and from sea to shining sea, we are converting the Marxist left one hour at a time on the Wendy Bell radio program. Well, hello, America, and beyond the fruited plain. Welcome home to the Wendy Bell Radio Program. As always, it is your source for common sense conservatism. We're always glad to have you. Always have room in the kitchen for you to grab a cup of coffee, pull up a chair, and enjoy some conversation with us. You know, I think there is something going on. I think we've got some information for you today, which very clearly slices through the garbage that you're being propagandized to believe. And as a former journalist, it is tricky to watch the industry I once believed in, I worked so hard for, fall apart. And for a majority of Americans, including Democrats now, to not believe what they see, hear, and read. And it is by design. We're going to walk you through that, my friends. If you're new, Wendy Bell Radio Network app, Wendy Bell Radio, if you like podcast form, whatever you do, just make sure you come on back and maybe share us with a friend. We appreciate you being here. Welcome home. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Amen. It's one thing to be angry at your government. It's one thing to doubt their decisions. To not trust their motives. To believe that everything they tell you is the opposite of the truth. And it's difficult when you finally get to the realization that the people allegedly in charge... Don't just hate you. They hate us, we, the people. This idea. But once you get to that point, you can't go back. When you see things clearly and you hear what is being said and you realize what we're up against, you can either be discouraged, angry, or you can get prepared. And preparing means for all of us doing something to take action. 
I try to do it every day on this program. And because I believe this is a public service, from our hearts to yours, I want to tell you about the three Army Reserve soldiers from the same Georgia unit who were killed Sunday in Jordan. 46-year-old Sergeant William Rivers, originally from Carrollton, Georgia, was living in Willingboro, New Jersey. He enlisted in the Army Reserves in 2011, and he went to Iraq in 2018. He was an interior electrician. 24-year-old Specialist Kennedy Sanders enlisted in 2019. She was a heavy equipment operator from Waycross, Georgia. She called her mom every day, sometimes twice. This was her second deployment in Jordan. At home, she served as a kid's soccer coach and a basketball coach, and she had dreams of becoming an x-ray technician. 23-year-old specialist Breonna Moffat from Savannah enlisted at the same time as Kennedy Sanders and they were friends, 2019. She worked as a care home cook, helping the disabled when she was at home. She was a former drum major at Windsor Forest High School, and she had just turned 23 nine days before a drone strike took her out. Rivers and Sanders and Moffitt were among 40 others. Now we know the number is up to 40 others. They were killed, 40 others injured, eight of them so badly they had to be medevaced from Jordan to Baghdad, and three of those had to be transported to Landstuhl Regional Medical Center in Germany. Now, you've officially learned more about what happened and to whom on Sunday than you have from your United States government than you have from your president, and then you have from the military. Corrine Jean-Pierre, in a hit yesterday on the White House lawn with MSNBC, asked about the three dead Army reservists. This is the amount of information you get from your government who does not care at all. Listen. What I will say, our deepest, uh, obviously our deepest condolences uh, go out and our heartfelt condolences go out to the families uh, who lost uh, three, three brave, uh, three brave, uh, three brave, uh, three folks who are, who are military folks, who are brave, who are always fighting, who are fighting on behalf and of uh, this administration, of the American people, obviously more so, more importantly, uh, we lost those souls. That is what you get from the White House Press Secretary, Corrine Jean-Pierre. Military folks 
Kareen could not bother herself by knowing the names of the people who were blown up in a drone strike in Jordan. She does not know where they came from, who they were, what they dreamed of, their medals and commendations, how they mattered to their families and to their communities. She does not care. This administration does not care. This is what we are up against, ladies and gentlemen. Tell me what you know about those Navy SEALs who died in the sea trying to board an unflagged ship which was carrying all sorts of stuff. Illicit Iranian-made weapons trying to transport those to Yemen. Have you heard the names of those men? Navy Special Warfare Operator First Class Christopher Chambers. He was 37. From Massachusetts. Member of the UMass Amherst Swimming and Diving Team. In the early 2000s. Also Navy Special Warfare Operator Second Class Nathan Gage Ingram. Who was 27 from Texas. They were part of SEAL Team 3. And something happened as they were trying to board that unflagged ship. And Gage fell. And Christopher went in after him. And they reportedly were never seen again. These aren't just numbers. These aren't just caskets. With American flags. These are members of our heart and soul. People who went through endless training to become experts in their field. Who put their lives on the line and their families to travel wherever the mission demanded. To know how to use the most sophisticated equipment. To have endurance and stamina and training. Those men who were supposed to board that ship and ultimately the others did. Knew they were going to be outmanned. But because of their training. They were confident in their ability to get it done. These are the finest in our country. And we have a presidential administration that does not care. They can water down the requirements for recruits. They can make it easier for people to join. But the reality is young men and women in this country realize. Why should they put their lives on the line? For an administration that wouldn't do the same. Quick time out when we come back on the Wendy Bell Radio program. I do have some good news for you. Did you know that the journalist population in this country is getting smaller? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. We're going to rejoice. 
I'll explain why coming up next. Well, I bet you guys didn't know that yesterday <clears throat> was the five-year anniversary of the hate attack on Jussie Smollett. Yes, when two <laughs> MAGA crazy guys wearing Make America Great Again hats and they had a little bit of bleach, not too much, and a noose. <laughs> they just waited. They knew all about this Jussie Smollett guy, a guy I'd never heard of before, ever. I don't know who he is. I don't know what show he's on. What? Who? What happened? And he answered the door an hour later with a noose. The noose still around his neck. What? And nobody critically thinking in the media was like, come on, man. This is just, hey, Earl, Earl, get in here. Look, I, you know, I'm not the managing editor of this newspaper, but and this is stupid, right? You guys know this is dumb. It's all made up, right? Well, we're going to go with it anyway. Excellent. Five years later. Jesse Smollett still is not in prison. Mm, interesting. Democrats finally starting to lose faith in media. Bing, 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 bing. Has it taken them five years to figure it out too? Democrats say what? These people have been lying us so long. Finally, we're waking up. The American public's faith in journalism is at an all-time low. According to the results of a recent Gallup survey in which just, oh my God, 19% of respondents gave journalists a high or very high rating for honesty and ethical standards. The historic decline driven by the fact that even partisan Democrats are starting. Where you been, guys? Come on. I know you're a little slow for the draw. I know it's a little hard for you. It's nice and cozy to have your head up your rump. Bring it out. Look around. See what's going on. Just 34% of Democrats rated journalists highly in terms of honesty and ethical standards. By the way, which is just a tick above how they rank lawyers and used car salesmen. Just to put it all into perspective for you. Now, there is good news on this front. The herd is being thinned. The journalistic herd, that is. Maybe Biden's presidency has been, hasn't been a total failure after all, we should say. A lot of bad news in the world these days, which is to be expected under a Joe Biden presidency. This article from the Free Beacon, guy named Andrew Stiles, love his style, I will say, when you hear this, to avoid being overwhelmed by a sense of hopelessness. It's important that we take time to celebrate the good news whenever it happens. In recent days, a number of media outlets have announced layoffs, which means the population of journalists, my friends, is getting smaller. And that is great news for the great majority of Americans who consider journalists to be obnoxious, dishonest and unethical. Of course, it's not always appropriate to rejoice when people lose their jobs. In this case, it's fine because the fired journalists can easily learn to code and get better, more respectable jobs in the real world. Let's do a little round robin of some of the latest developments in journalism population control. We'll start with the Los Angeles Times. They fired more than 20% of their newsroom staff, part of billionaire owner Patrick Soon Shong's efforts to stop losing tens of millions of dollars every year. Hey, Patrick, try harder not to suck, and maybe you won't lose so much dough. The paper's union complained that roughly one-third of its members of various racial caucuses were losing their job. Huh. Wonder why. Sports Illustrated. 
once thriving population was thrown into chaos last week when its publisher announced that many, if not all, of the magazine's staff of roughly 100 journalists would soon be let go. Ah, Condé Nast, executive and Democratic mega-donor Anna Wintour, reportedly wore sunglasses last week while informing journalists at the music site Pitchfork that they were losing their jobs. About half the Pitchfork staff are believed to have been let go following the decision to merge the site with men's magazine GQ. National Geographic fired even more journalists this week, less than a year after getting rid of its last remaining staff writers. Time magazine laid off more than a dozen journalists on Tuesday, a decision that CEO Jess Sibley described as a, quote, step we must take in order to drive our business forward. And Business Insider, cutting about 8% of its staff, CEO Barbara Pang announced in an email Thursday. That's always a great way to find out, right? The company has graciously decided to offer a severance package that includes training on networking. And last but not least, Mendy Hassan, the MSNBC host best known for hating Israel, quit his job earlier this month after the left-wing network canceled his show. Indeed, many argue Joe Biden's president, it's been a total failure, his presidency so far. These developments suggest that is not entirely true. Combating the overpopulation of journalists might be the only issue on which Biden has succeeded where Donald Trump failed. He was the best thing that ever happened to them. But it still counts as a success. Please celebrate responsibly. Yes, I agree with that. Five years after the suck of Jussie Smollett, and that is still churning through the courts. What a waste of time. What a waste of resources, a waste of money, a waste of attention. And your all too gleeful mass media legacy news outlets of suck who long ago forgot about objectivity, about digging into things, about uncovering actual information. Well, they're getting what they deserve. A reality check, my friends. Now, if only on the chopping block, we could add Corinne Jean-Pierre. And while I have to apologize in advance for what is about to assault your ears, we have a series of audio sound bites from her. If there is not a poster child for the negative effects of box checking, of diversity, equity, and inclusion, if there's no better poster child for meritocracy is always a better choice, well, you're going to hear the inane, idiotic mumblings of the face of the Biden White House, which, by the way, can't be bothered to attend the transfer of bodies in Dover this week. Yes. Buckle up, friends. We're just getting going on the Wendy Bell Radio Network. You know, this is uh, this is the sound of an America last administration. People have a... I think we all have that innate ability to make a first blush decision about someone we meet for the first time right you get a feeling about somebody there's something about him or her that leaves you feeling uneasy conversely you can meet someone and and very quickly seem to assess their authenticity they seem natural to me i feel comfortable around them 
whatever your spidey sense is. What we have is an administration that is cold and lifeless and dead inside. But they try to create the illusion of do-goodery, of caring, of being compassionate and inclusive and fair and just. In fact, it's not just this administration. It's liberalism. It's liberalism. It's an exterior candy coating that looks good with an empty inside. And when they get called out on the clear fake presentation and the lack of substance, they become very indignant the way liberals do. Rather than speaking in facts, they resort to emotion or they raise their voice or they call you a petty name as though you're on an elementary school jungle gym. There is no logical conversation because they cannot defend their policies. They cannot defend what they are not, which is good. People who care about this country clearly care about this country, not these people. We have a series of audio sound bites for you which clearly describe this. Corinne Jean Pierre is that packaging. She looks the part. She's black. She's gay. She's allegedly an immigrant. None of these factors have anything to do with her ability to do any job, let alone to have that tenuous position as the mouthpiece of a presidential administration. She is horrendous at said job. And that assessment, again, has nothing to do with her race, her gender, her origin, or her proclivities. And you're going to hear vacuous, empty, zero. This is your president. This is everything. Joe Biden wants you to believe that he is this servant. That he has given his life to serve in the United States government. And that he, he knows. Joe Biden has been gone for years. And for those of us watching, it is a painful exercise. An embarrassment on the world stage. A charade. And I think Joe Biden might be the only person who still thinks they're pulling it off. Because they're not. So yesterday, during a White House press briefing, you're going to begin to hear some of the voices of traditional left-leaning media. The majority are. There's a handful of folks in there. Jackie Heinrich, folks who work at Newsmax, Peter Ducey, a handful of folks, guy from the New York Post, everybody else, off the left, progressive cliff. But even they 
are waking up from the slumber. In this audio soundbite, I want you to hear the typical response that Corrine Jean-Pierre and this administration has dropped on us, that they've been on it, talking about the border. And I, I bring this up to you right now as a voters back at Texas border wall. And they say they feel Joe Biden is starting a civil war. It's now pervasive. America is awake. They see the invasion. It has hit their zip code. And a sizable majority of the public supports Texas's constitution, or excuse me, construction of a wall along its border with Mexico. And they feel Joe Biden's efforts to stop it are the first step towards civil war. I have poll, poll information to drop on this. I want you to hear Corrine Jean-Pierre give you the, this is our top concern. We've been on this since day one. Look, we're totally aware of this. The typical unacceptable response go the first day of his administration the president took this issue very seriously he put forth a comprehensive piece of legislation to deal with what's happening with the immigration let me wait let me you you don't get to decide but you don't get to decide what i say and what i don't say either you either you hear me out or we can you know i'll see you on wednesday totally up to you totally up to you all right okay i was he means what he says. Hmm. Not going to go into to details here. Here's here's the reality: the immigration system is broken. It's been broken for decades, even in the last administration. The president introduced this piece of legislation three years ago. House Republicans got in the way. They refused to do anything about it. You guys good with that? You good with that? Because in the first hundred days of Joe Biden's presidency, he managed 94 executive orders, signed them. He didn't go to Congress. There was no bipartisan collaboration. It was Joe Biden stopping the XL pipeline. It was Joe Biden opening the border. It was Joe Biden putting out with big flashing neon sign to the entire planet. Come on in. There's room at the inn. Make it fast because I've only got four years. Audio soundbite number two. The He's been very clear defense. We've been very clear. I've said this again. Very clear. He's been, this is what they do after the, we've been on it since day one. Go. The president is very clear. He wants to make sure that we deal with the border, border security, that we deal with the challenges at the border. He's not been very clear. He hasn't gone to the border, Kareen. He hasn't gone to East Palestine, Kareen. If he was very clear about the border and he wanted to close the border, why does he repeatedly block the GOP's Secure the Border Act, which the House passed 250 days ago? That would be a fine follow-up. How about on getting hostages out of Gaza? Do we know that there are still Americans trapped in the Middle East? Where is the importance? Where is the, where is the fire of an American citizen? being held somewhere against their will. Where is the fire? The families are here in D.C., says a reporter. Hey, Corrine, does Joe Biden plan to meet with the families? Are we doing anything to get these people home? Listen. The 
families of some of the American hostages are back in Washington this week. <clears throat> Is the president willing to meet with them again? Uh, I don't have anything to read out. As, as you know, uh, Jake Sullivan, uh, the president uh -huh. himself, uh, uh -huh. Secretary Blinken, uh, have met with uh, the family of the hostages in the past. Just don't have anything to read out on, on his schedule at this time. That's code for we don't care. We don't care. We never cared. Stop asking me to pretend like we care because we don't. We don't care about people trapped in Israel or rather in Gaza. We don't care about people who are absolutely incinerated in Hawaii. We don't care about toxic train derailments. We don't care. And we sure as hell don't care about the families of those three Army reservists who were blown up by a drone in Jordan. Audio soundbite four. Has the president uh, called already or does he plan to speak with the families of the fall service members? Um, don't have any uh, calls to read out. Uh, obviously, um, and as Kirby started off this briefing, obviously the, the president and the first lady sent out their deepest condolences and heartfelt um, uh, thoughts to the families, oh my uh, to their friends, and also the units, um, the, their unit as well. And this is a, a sad day. This yesterday was a very, very sad day uh, for not just their family and the units and the friends, but also the American people. And so, uh, obviously, we continue to mourn with them. Once we have more to share uh, about a call or outreach, certainly we will let you all know. He hasn't spoken to the families. Did he call the, the two Navy SEALs families? Did he call either of them? Does he even know their names? The answer is no. No. No, he hasn't. And no, he has no plans. The final kick in the nuts, ladies and gentlemen. So, we have hostages. Americans still in Gaza, being held by Hamas. We have American service members killed. And Joe Biden is doing political campaigning. Help us with that, Corrine. Go. And why is he going to continue traveling, uh, doing political travel in the midst of this? Well, as you know, and you hear, hear us say this all the time, the president is present wherever he travels, wherever he goes. It doesn't change in this instance. Obviously, obviously what we saw happen yesterday in Jordan to our service members uh, is um, it's a sad day. It's deeply troubling. It's a sad day. It's deeply troubling. Does that seem sincere to you? Does it sound authentic? Of course not. So, in response to the service, to the service members killed, the drone strike, there's this crazy thing that we could do. We can choke off the money to Iran from oil. What do you think, Corrine? We have plans to do that. Go. At what point does the president then cut off the money to Iran by, by stopping or reducing their benefit from oil sales? I just don't have anything to share on that particular thing. I got nothing. We're not going to do that. We unfroze $6 billion in their assets, right? We said don't. And look at what that's done for us. We've had 170 attacks on American service members in Iraq and Syria, in Jordan, right? 170 since Hamas decided to slaughter 1,200 civilians in Israel on October 7th. 
And Corinne Jean-Pierre's answer to that, I don't have anything for you. There you go. When we come back, ladies and gentlemen, have you ever considered running for school board? <laughs> um, you, you might want to after you hear a crazy town story out of Connecticut. This is what we're up against. This is why it does begin at the local level. Next on the Wendy Bell Radio Network. You know, I realize and I freely admit to you on this program that I come to you biased. The community in which I live just elected a socialist. County executive, a socialist, someone who believes that we should spend more money than we have. Right. And that ultimately socialism is the greatest way to go. Don't work too hard. Don't don't do too much. We'll take from the rich, give to the poor. Everybody will be the same. It'll be great. It'll be utopian. Don't worry about that house anymore. I know the mortgage payments are out of control. I've got this little box over here, right? Think about your carbon footprint. You're doing so much to help the earth. Enjoy that. Fantastic. So I'm a little biased when I think about local governance, even down to the school board level. But when you have a school board that sucks, such as this one in Connecticut, you get all sorts of crazy crap that comes out of it. How about this headline? Gateway Pundit. Woke Connecticut School District. Removes Veterans Day and Columbus Day from the holiday calendar. Well, I sure hope there's at least one day to commemorate Juneteenth. Because that would matter, right? Let's get to the basics of the schmucks at this ridiculous Stamford Board of Education. In a controversial decision, the Stamford Board of Education has voted to remove Columbus Day and Veterans Day from the list of school holidays requiring students to attend school on these dates. Hi, all of you servicemen and women out there. The people who decided to be the, the fraction of the fraction of the 1%. Who volunteered? Who saw things and did things? We can't even fathom. Whose nightmares won't ever let them forget We don't care about you. We don't care about honoring you. We have no respect for you. We're not going to give you a day off. We're not going to give kids the opportunity to celebrate, to commemorate, to be a participant in a Veterans Day project, parade, tribute, or otherwise. Get your butts in school. The decision passing with a five to three vote overruled previous year's pushback from local veterans and Italian-Americans. Apparently, veterans and Christopher Columbus have been on the chopping block for a while now. One of those areas you might not want to live. And everybody scratches their head. What's going on? People are leaving. Yes, indeed, they are. Sometime the cancer gets so entwined into the fabric. That there's no choice but to cut and run. There is no excising it. There's no chemo blast 
to stop its spread. It's too late. Can you imagine? This is the same idiotic push that happened about two miles from my house at Shenley Park in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, where a bunch of wacko virtue signaling leftists who apparently don't work had ample time to get their panties in a bunch about a Christopher Columbus statue in the park. And boy, oh boy, did they rally around it as they wrapped plastic and cardboard all around it because it was so vile and ultimately had it dismantled, if I'm not mistaken. Can you imagine if these people actually cared about something that didn't suck or waste our time? The proposal was initially brought up by a board member, Versha Munshee South, during the Labor Committee meeting, meeting back on January 9th. This is according to the Stamford Advocate. She said that students were using primary sources to investigate the true history of Columbus. And I can tell you that, based on primary source research, no. They did not conclude that Columbus was a hero. I don't think it makes sense to teach students one thing in class and then have Columbus Day off. It's a mixed message for students. It is a disease. The do-goodery of liberalism. And you hear it, and you will continue to hear it later on in this program. Is this really where we're going to spend our time? Is this really the insult? The people of this obvious liberal board of education, is this really the war they want to get into? Because as Mark Robinson said in the sound that we played yesterday from the, the North Carolina lieutenant governor, Wake up. This is not a hateful, racist country. It's misguided. It's got a lot of people out there who needed more hugs, apparently, growing up, who feel like they need to grab their moment in the spotlight to leave some indelible mark on the future of these United States. And every move they make Every time they protest, every bridge they jam, every piece of artwork they try to throw soup or paint on is a reminder to the rest of us of the real battle for America's dignity and soul. This is what we're up against. So I might say it's not a sexy job being on the Board of Education. It's not sexy to be involved in city or county government. It's not enjoyable to sit there and to hear people complain at school board meetings. But if you're conservative, if you're common sense, if you love America, if you bleed red, white, and blue, you're needed sorely. What are you waiting for? John Kirby with the punch in the face when we come back. When asked a very simple question, is Joe Biden going to attend the transfer of those three bodies? Your hands will shake next on the Wendy Bell Radio Network.